Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Uh, as we know, a massive majority government, and uh, not too many surprises, but a few here in the Hamilton area. Uh, joining us to dissect it is uh, Tom Cooper, director of the Hamilton Roundtable for Poverty Reduction. Good to see you, Thomas. Good morning, Bill. And Laura Babcock, president of Power Group, who uh, is uh, do- doing the coffee thing today. <laughs> I did a coffee run. We all need it. But I have to you say... Were, you were doing cable. I was here. And uh, it's a long night. It is a long night. And I have to say thank you for the Trump joke, because not only did it wake us up, but Tom's been crying about the election, so he <laughs> <laughs> needed a laugh. <laughs> Anyway, that's it's only that's a, 1,300 that's a, days until 2022. <laughs> but the conservatives, when they win, usually get two terms. So that's true. You got to wait to 26. Well, and well, let's talk Sorry. about that. <laughs> let's let's just, uh, about the implications of this. Uh, I I think for most part, I think we anticipated that this was going to be a PC victory. I I know there was some talk about well they're close in the polls, but when you looked at seat distribution, Laura, I mean it was not going to be that close. I mean the nine oh five is where you win this thing, and that's where they were strong. Yeah, for sure. People who were really looking at the seat distribution weren't buying the whole horse race argument. I have to say, in one way, the fact that they won the popular vote and the seats, it's it's a clear majority. Unlike what we saw in the U.S. Uh, to bring it back around to Trump, where you know Hillary had the popular, Trump had the electoral college, and there was always this sense of oh we were cheated. So I'm glad that it's definitive, at least for the sake of people moving forward. But really, what was voted on? There wasn't really a platform. He wasn't a popular leader. I think people voted for the bench strength, the experience, the NDP still a little too unknown, and the fact that they had some issues with their candidates, I think, hurt them in the last week. So really, this has to be about the team. It has to be about, are we going to see Doug Ford, the person we remember from the Ford drama in Toronto, or are we going to see a Doug Ford who is more nuanced, who is more collaborative, who listens to some of the adults on his on his cabinet bench. That was one of the overriding things through the campaign and I know anybody who I ever asked uh, Mr. Ford, "Hey, where you know, where are you going to get the money?" I uh, was chastised, you know, how can you do this? Yeah. But David Aiken was on a show last night uh, from Global TV, and uh, and Richard Brennan, who's covered politics uh, for God knows how long. Between the two of them, there's about 70 years of experience there. And both of them told me last night, in all their years of doing that, they have never seen a campaign with so little information. I, I, I mean, the, the word platform may not resonate with a lot of people, but no information. But the, uh, the reality, Tom, they bought it. It was vacuous. It was a vacuous campaign. It was a campaign devoid of issues, um, which is really disappointing because there were some really important policies on the table in this election from uh, universal pharmacare to dental care mm-hmm. to child care. Um, unfortunately, Ontarians decided to go with a bit of a simpler solution. Um, and uh, Certainly all the more power to them for that. Uh, I think after 15 years of the Liberal government, they wanted they wanted a change. Um, however, uh, I, th- I think it's going to be very difficult to uh, oppose this government uh, given the lack of platform they presented in the election. Um, so they have carte blanche to do what they want to do. 1990, uh, when Bob Ray and the NDP got elected, uh, there was a very similar uh, attitude that was going on. Uh, they were sick and tired of David Peterson. They didn't like his arrogance. They didn't like where the government was going. The economy was starting to tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recession everybody blames Bob Ray for actually started about a year and a half before that election. And and I, I, I heard that on this program, Laura. Everybody said, well, I'm going to give them a chance. I'm just so sick and tired of the conservatives and the liberals. Let's just vote for these guys. And then all of a sudden, the NDP gained power. They cut the funding for the expressway. They got this. And he said, whoa, whoa, what are they doing? You didn't read it, did you? You were just so angry. You wanted to get rid of Peterson. And I think that was the overriding thing in this election. They just wanted Kathleen Wynne out of there. 
Yeah, over 80% of people said that they did. And so it was really about, well, what's going to be the choice? And there's an expression, liberals fall in love, conservatives fall in line. So there was going to be a strong conservative turnout anyway, even if they didn't want Doug Ford. And a lot of people wish, let's say, Christine Elliott, the safer choice, had been put in there. Uh, but they were going to come out. And so what Andrea had to do was to say, you can trust NDP in leadership. You can trust us to govern. And NDP has always been sort of the moral protest vote on so many different ways. And so to actually think that they could control the province, I think for a lot of people, without the bench strength, that was just too much of a risk, even though they really it, liked it. It was the team. Yeah, they did uh, have. Uh, and Andrea I Horvath wish always scores well with likability, but when you saw yep. some of the stories about some of the other members of the team, rightly or wrongly, those stories defined the rest of the team. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.